1: Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dax Holt. I'm joined by Mr. Adam Glenn. How are you, sir?
2: Buddy, I'm doing good. Life is good. Summer's going good in New York. I was just with Joey Chestnut, uh, interviewed him, and then I was with Tommy Lauren. She's the controversial Fox News host, and she kind of went off on Colin Kaepernick, and she just got engaged. So she's always interesting to get because her raises, it just makes people go crazy. Some people like her. A lot of people hate her. So that was an interesting interview for me, and then I was with uh, Irv Gotti, and now I'm just getting ready to enjoy the holiday, because now it kind of slows down in New York City for me as far as celebrities go, but uh, life is good. But more importantly, I'm excited for today's podcast. This guy is someone we've been trying to get for a long time. Uh, he's interesting. He's, he's, he's had I'm, quite the
1: life already, and he's, he's I, not even old. That's the amazing part. He's had dude. a super successful life, and he is still very young.
2: I was going to say a legend, but it's like, how many years do you have to be a legend? But this guy is a young guy, and he's just been around to so many different aspects of the entertainment industry, of the hospitality industry, of the – as being an entrepreneur. It's just been uh, – it's pretty crazy what this guy's done in a short but also a long period of time. It's You're kind right? of – it's weird because you know? it's one of those guys you've, you've seen around for a long time. You've seen his name. He's got a social following, but – you saw him. You might have first started seeing him. I, for me personally, you know, as uh, Justin Bieber's muscle, as Justin Bieber's right hand man. <laughs> hey, I, I would say that's how everyone really got to know
1: him. So Kenny Hamilton, welcome to the podcast. I know for all those Thank Bieber you. fans out there, they absolutely know who you are because you have been a staple in uh, the Bieber fandom for a very long time. Um, you know, you yeah. got. I know that you did a lot of, like, radio and stuff before the Bieber days, and then you were his tour manager, road, what, road manager as well. Like, what, what exactly was your title yeah. back with the Bieber days?
0: Um, it started, well, well <clears throat> when he first started out, it was, it was security. Um, and then it evolved into road management uh, and pretty much, like, a, on a day-to-day aspect of whatever Scooter and Allison would have planned out for us just making sure everything got executed, you know? Um, So, yeah, title-wise, it's funny because we really didn't do titles at the beginning. It was just more of like, you know, Scooter's the boss, Allison's the president. All right, you do this, you do that. Ryan, okay, Ryan's going to style and do this. Kenny, you just make sure he's safe. And then it got to a point where he started blowing up where it was like, okay, I'm not a real security guy. (laughs) So, I I mean, I, I guess I am am because I have a I was in the Navy for a while so I have a military background I have a martial arts background and that's why it made sense but it was just more of we just wanted people around him that we could trust how how did you how did you get into that circle
1: by the way because it's like you were a radio DJ and then suddenly you are now with Bieber
0: yeah well so back in Atlanta um I got out the Navy moved back to Atlanta in 2004 started interning at Q100 and then I got hired later on that year um during that time Scooter was working for Jermaine Dupri and Jermaine was very close with the night jock that I was interning with during the week. Cause I hosted a weekend show before like when the clubs do the live broadcast at the, uh, or excuse me, when the radio stations do their live broadcast at, you know, nightclubs, um, back in the mid two thousands, it was like a big thing. And Jermaine would used to come up to the station and he brought, you know, Scooter and some of the other guys up one night and that's when we met. Um, I had always wanted to get in the record industry side, so I was inspired by Russell Puff, you know, Kevin Lyles, all these guys. That was my, my goal. I got in the radio to get onto the record industry side. Um, and so meeting Scooter and seeing what he had done back then, it was like a, a, vodka deal for Jermaine. Scooter also did, uh, Ludacris had an endorsement with Pontiac when he first did the convertible car with the, uh, I forgot what it was called. Focus I believe. Um, so it was like, I was intrigued and interested in, like, damn, this kid is my age, and he's doing the things that I'm trying to get into doing. And so we just started hanging out, man. We were 23, um, just started. We were, like, you know, a partying. He was doing all his big parties. He had just dropped out of Emory, and he had a big party promotion company called Miseducated. And we were just friends, man. We were just friends kicking it. He had managed some rappers on the south side of Atlanta, and I wanted to help. So I kind of became their road manager, Um, and during that time we were trying to build, like the biggest thing we ended up doing, what their group was called OD, and um, we opened for Flowrider right when Low came out at MTV Spring Break Panama City. And Danette was like, okay, this is fun, I like the business, I like this, and then he had found Asher Roth uh, a little bit later on MySpace.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: so Asher came, and I remember, it's funny because when Asher came to Atlanta from Philly, I asked, I went. Me and Asher went to Cracker Barrel because I told Scooter, I was like, "Yo, I want to be his road manager. Like, I think the kid is dope." He's like, "Well, you gotta ask him because that's how, gonna be his choice." And me and Asher went to Cracker Barrel. This was before I Love College came out, and I was like, "Yo, I'm gonna be a road manager. I'm gonna make sure you're good. Anybody got problems, I'm gonna beat the shit out of them. <laughs> Anything else we need to do, like I'm gonna make it work." And he was like, "Yeah." He was like, "Yo, I love you, but I want my two college roommates who've been with me since the beginning." And I was like, "Okay, I get that." So then there was that. So then I knew about Justin cause he had been showing me videos about him, but we hadn't brought him to Atlanta yet. So then when Justin gets to Atlanta, then I was like, Scott, I gotta be his role manager. And I was like, we, when he gets moving at this time, I went to a different radio station. I was working at CarMax during the day. I just got married to a girl I'm now divorced to. Um, So <laughs> there was a lot like just kind of going on, but Scooter and I have been friends before we ever started working together. Um, for what over 15 years now so that's kind of how the whole thing just fell into our lap and then
1: blew up i have never seen anyone become so famous so quickly than justin bieber especially just like i mean back in the it was like it was like the beatles i remember back in like what was it 2011 or something 12 where it was just
0: 2010 2010 is when it really kind of started And, you know, what's funny was Scooter was the first person to try to tell people, like, what social media was. Mm -hmm. Because Justin had a following on Twitter that nobody could fathom. And if you remember, there was a big incident with us in Long Island uh, at the big mall. I forget what the mall was in Nassau County, where we were trying to tell people, like, hey, if this kid goes over here, it's not going to be 500 kids. It's going to be thousands. And they're like, no, we only advertise to this and this. They're like, yeah. But on this thing called Twitter... All these kids are, like, flooding the timeline saying, I can't wait to meet you, he's going to see you there. And it's over 500. And uh, we ended up having to cancel that over the whole issue. And then the police, and they got mad at us for not canceling the whole thing. And it's like you tried to warn people, and they just didn't want to believe it. But Justin really put in the work back then, too. We went to so many different radio stations with his guitar and, like, all over the place. And it was just, um, you know when people are talented or when you like something? But you can never say, like, oh, he'll be the biggest thing in the world. Yep. Like, there's no way you can know that.
1: I mean, it really was, like, rocket launches, I, I actually, I, I remember back, I was the first one to ever pitch anything out on TMZ with Justin Bieber. And the reason that yeah. I knew about him was because my wife's little sister, so my sister-in-law, was, is yeah. eight years younger than us and she was so into Justin, and she'd kept she come home, and she'd be like, oh my god, this kid, he's gonna be huge, I love his music, and I remember pitching him out, and everyone's like, who the fuck are you talking about, Dax? Like, (laughs) we're talking about, you know, Mick Jagger and all these other people on on TMZ, and you're coming in with this kid no one's ever heard of, I'm like, no, just trust me, and then he he just, it's kind of like Billie Eilish, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. It's like overnight just super, super fame. So how did that change your life? Because, I mean, obviously you being there and you being related to him and associated, I mean, to him, it's like you became a star as well.
0: Yeah. Well, what happened was we were all good as far as no one really knowing who we were until Never Say Never. Mm -hmm. When Never Say Never came out, that's when – it was like, okay, this isn't a regular situation anymore. I can't walk to a mall because if I go into a mall with my son, then I got all these girls running up to me and their parents are looking like, uh, who the hell is this guy <laughs> Then my daughters are like crying over and freaking out. And I'm like, hey, it's not what you think. And then I got to go into this whole explanation. Um, but it was, it, it took some adjusting because I got into the business and always wanted to get into the business to help artists Get to that level of achievement that they wanted to achieve. I never wanted to like necessarily be in front of the camera, and so that wasn't what what my outlook was. I just wanted to have uh, like plaques in my office, have a team that can say, "Oh, we put this project, this project, that project," and I was being a part of something great. So when the the fame and the, ce- the celebrity quote unquote, I, I don't like to use that. I don't I don't consider myself like a celebrity anything, but. We were just in a in a in a great place and really blessed to kind of just be in the positions that we were given, without it being planned. Like it, it was a, it felt overnight to a lot of people, but to us it was like, I mean, we were in an Econo van driving to every town, going to the mm-hmm. smallest places, every radio station, performing at water parks or wherever else he could, and the music just kept building, building, and building. But if you think about it, he didn't have radio play. So it was all through the Internet. It was all through iTunes, like his iTunes sales and everything else was. So we were, you know, also adapting and learning and adjusting ourselves throughout this whole process. But Never Say Never is then – because Never Say Never, people don't realize, was bigger than Michael Jackson's This Is It, as far as revenue, as far as tickets, as far as everything. And so when that happened globally, it was like, okay – I can't even I, – like. Mean, when I go to a Spanish country, they think I'm Dominican. I can't walk outside. I get swarmed. And it's just like, damn, I can't even enjoy the cities he's going to. So I'm stuck in hotels. So it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm curious.
2: What, yeah. uh, what is it in Scooter Brown? Scooter Brown? Uh, like what is it that makes him so successful? Why is he so good at what he does? Like why was he so good at his time? Why is he so good now at what he does? What
0: um, Scooter is a – special individual scooter is a visionary with every sense of the word right he sees things before you see it but he knows how to get you to understand what his vision is and how to execute that vision to where it needs to be and i mean look at his success now from like the artists that he has like even when he first took on ariana ariana was nowhere near where she is now now she's a, uh, you can say she's top three one of the biggest artists in the world Um, and it's it's and also Allison, um, Allison K, who like is like the she's the bean of my existence. I say I talked to her yesterday about something, and um, I get more advice and I've learned more from her than Scooter and I always tell him that. But um, it's just he knows how to put together a team. That was the first person that taught me, if you want to be successful in business, make sure you have people that have other strengths that you don't have, so there are no holes and he knows how to poke holes in everything that he does so that way by the time it's all ready to be delivered there's no issues because they they've already poked the holes they've already worked through it and he just he knows how to put together an incredible team um and you have to give him like credit like you really just can't be mad every move that he makes the music that comes out like people don't realize he picks a lot of the music like he was the one that made justin record baby like if you heard the demo a baby that the dream did it was horrible i laughed i was like what the fuck is this (laughs) um another example would be side gangham style like the sent the video when i was still working with them i left scooter's company in 2014 but when he sent the video out of gangham style i'll never forget it was me and a few other people and i was like oh this is hilarious like what is this and then another guy was like oh my god is this is this like real is this a joke and scooter writes back this is brilliant find him and i'm like what and then you find him, and guess what? He's on Ellen. He's on a Today Show. Yep. Like, everyone in the world, you hear that song everywhere. And I'm like, how the f-? I don't want to curse, but I was like, how the hell? Oh, did you, you can see curse. This? Go for it. Oh, uh, well, no, I literally was like, how the fuck did you see this? He was like, I, I just saw it. And it's like, you know, I look at Scooter as like some of these elite athletes. Like, you really can't explain it, but they just, they're just they just really incredible at what they do. Um, they and, have a lot in them, yeah. Yeah, and I I put Scooter on the pedestal with the David Geffen's, the Jeffrey Katzenberg's. Like, yeah, we're 38 years old, but he's accomplished more, a lot more than some people in this business have ever, you know, tried to get to. And it's not through, like, he's a family guy. Like, he's a, you know, he loves his kids. He loves being a husband. Like, he tries to find that balance, which he does, and he does it very well. And it's like, I mean, you know, I look at everything, man. You come from a great family, then it, all of that exudes in your personality and everything that comes out.
1: Well, obviously you know Scooter more than most people. You've been around him forever, you, you know, you've got that friendship. What, what was your opinion on all the, the crap that's gone down over the last week with Taylor Swift and her bad-mouthing him for him owning now her music catalog and how he strategically did that? Uh, what's your opinion on that whole thing?
0: um i didn't think it was fair and i think that i i actually posted this i i feel like we live in a very very cynical headline driven world people don't read articles people don't read the facts they don't read any details in anything they read the headlines and then they just start going off and i'll be honest cuz it's happened to me before when some of these i'm really big into um politics and you know a lot of civil issues especially go on uh, around America, depending on if it's, you know, police brutality in the black neighborhoods and all kind of stuff. And I've gotten caught up in things when I didn't know the, the details of said case or whatever, right? So I look at that and I see when she posted that video, or excuse me, that post, he didn't buy, and I don't know the ins and outs of this deal, but I do know that in any business deal, when there's an acquisitions going on, People are under gag orders and under uh, NDAs where they can't talk about it. Most companies, like um, my brother-in-law, excuse me, my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law was one of the guys that was doing the Amazon Whole Foods deal. He was working on the deal for eight months. And all I knew is he was just be in his office in Wall Street for 12-hour days. And I'm like, yo, what are you working on? He's like, I really can't talk about it. It's a big deal. You'll hear about it when we're finished. And afterwards, he's like, well, this is a deal I've been working on. And that's the same way with a lot of different acquisitions. But if you know anything about the music business, Big Machine is one of the biggest and strongest um, country music labels in Nashville. Uh, not only that, Scott Braschetta is one of the best execs in the business as well. So to, for them to partner is a smart-ass move, right, from a business standpoint. And it wasn't, though, oh, I'm buying Taylor's catalog that I saw. It was his whole the whole company but obviously she being one of the artists that is under that umbrella she felt the need to say whatever she wanted to say was it fair no Were all the facts put out from what I've heard and what I've seen and what I know no so it's like are you just saying this to start something up or are you saying this to get more attention because you just put a record out like there's a lot of people that do that but then other people get away with it while others get chastised for it Like, let that be Kanye saying something about it like that. Then it's like, oh, it's Kanye being Kanye.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, And I also don't like, and I'll say this freely, it's very sensitive. It's a very sensitive time that we're in right now with a lot of the gender inequality, um, a lot of the, the racial injustice, a lot of the workplace where it comes to women feeling degraded or feeling um, like they're not on an equal playing field. And when Zach got brought up and I just didn't understand like where that was coming from. I was like, I know they haven't met his mom. They haven't met Scooter's sister before. Like he, you know, he has a daughter, his wife is a very strong woman who started a really, um, great nonprofit. And it's like, we have so many strong women around us. It's like, how could you ever think or try to say and try to beat down someone's character? Um, it's it's just it was a sad situation. I didn't like it at all. And I had to I said my two cents and if you look at my Instagram, you'll see all the little comments of rats and snakes and yeah. you're a shithead and my DMs are full of go kill yourself and all this other shit and I'm just like interesting. You know. A lot of it's kids, but to be honest, a lot of it is adults. What what about
1: her calling him a bully? Have you ever seen that side of him?
0: No, it's not it. I never have. Um, And it's funny because when people get called bullies or people get called, you know, oh, he's an asshole, or I just just left a meeting where we were talking about one of the NBA guys that I take care of, and they were like, like, you know, well, he's not a good teammate, he's this and this. And I was like, if someone holds you accountable for things or if someone goes about business, it doesn't even have to be in a stern way, but in a way where you don't compromise your morals and – like, that's yourself. If, you, if someone comes to you and says, hey, I got this great deal for a podcast. I own this company. I'll help you get endorsements. I'll help you get this and this and this. And you're like, okay, well, I want this. I want this. I want this because you know your worth, you know your value, and you're going to get what you want to get. I mean, look at Adam. Adam's got the face of a stud. He's going to go in there and get whatever deal he wants to get and have that. But if you go in, it's like, oh, damn, Dax was a, he was a little aggressive, wasn't he? Like, that's, that's the world we live in right now. And no, he's not a bully, he's farthest thing from it, but it, when it comes to business, it's like, no, don't do it this way, why don't you do this or do that, but that's the difference between people that are successful and people that are still over here trying to get these other deals and things like that. Um, so definitely not a bully, I mean, shit, if you want to call somebody a bully, I guess I'm a bully at times, but I don't think so, you know? I bully with a smile, I call myself a nice chick knight, <laughs> really, really, no. really nice smile, but that's- I'm losing weight, too, so that
2: helps. You know what Scooter did for me one day? I remember when Scooter just signed Kanye and it was in the streets of New York City and he, I think he was just came he came out of Nobu and the Kardashians are there or something like that. And Scooter yeah. came out, Oh, I put a camera on Scooter and Scooter goes, like, dude, you know I don't talk, you know I don't talk. He's like all right and I put the camera down and then all Scooter goes, I'll tell you what, he goes, What's your name? I go at him, he goes, I'll Tell you what I'm gonna do for you. He picks up the phone, he calls Harvey and he called Harvey at the time and said, Hey, you got a good guy in New York. I just wanna say you got a good guy in New York. I was like, You know what, dude? I really appreciate that. And I thought that was like a really cool thing that he didn't need to do. And it was totally unnecessary, but very appreciated. Like it was just such a simple thing. And uh, I I thought that was such a cool thing. So, so, I mean, listen, I don't know him as a bully, but that one thing he did for me, I'll always remember that. I always remember how he just kind of looked out for my job. He understood I had a job and, you know, helped me out with my job. So I think that's
0: And that's the whole thing. It's like even – my father always told me, and a lot of people are starting to say this now, it's like – you know, you treat the janitor the same way you treat the CEO. Um, I'll have meetings with artists, I have I have a management company, I have a label myself, and I'll have meetings with artists or people that want me to work with them or, you know, whether it's marketing deals or whatever is going on. And let's say we go to a restaurant, I watch how you speak to the guy who brings you the water. I watch if you say thank you to that person. Or how do you speak to the waitress if the order's wrong or something goes wrong because you know, something always is going to go wrong um, and it's never going to be perfect. But I always look at how people treat others that are, quote unquote, not on their level or I don't want to say beneath them, um, but just in especially in service. And I think little small pieces and innuendos like that are glimpses to a person's true character. Um, and that's why I'm like, you know, we laughed, well, we, me and some other friends of ours, not with, with um, Scott, but... We were just laughing at, like, oh, so now he's a bully. Like, come on, man. He's not a fucking bully. Like, what are you you talking about? He's a smart businessman, is what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, you're going to attack him, like, for what? You know, I just, I don't know. And then it got into the whole rights and things like that, and it's like, everyone that's commenting doesn't understand the music business. Like, how do I have a company? How do you sustain a company if you don't have ownership in anything? So the way you look at it, like I'm just, I'm a manager, right? I have five clients right now. I can be fired tomorrow. If I had them signed to my label, which is a smarter thing for me and we do a rev shirt, sure however, if I want to put it together, that at least ensures that I'll still be having revenue for the things that I've put together. Um, just as well as like my artist wrote Timmy that I know I was telling you about off uh, before we started, I'm the one that told him, yo, we need to go work with these producers And when he got with those producers, now we have our biggest single out right now. So creating and composing, like there's a whole thing in music right now. It's not a, oh, a a master thing. Well, we own this and you own that and we're controlling this. It's like, it's all a collective effort. We're all trying to get to this one spot. And no artist can necessarily do it by themselves, but the ones that are millionaires and like rich and that are arguing like what about the ones that don't have money to put out their projects now or the ones that need help and assistance on marketing it and really putting it together or, you know, anything like it's, it's unfair when you're trying to have a one-sided conversation, but again, you can't have a conversation with people in public when there's no accountability on either, on, on either side of just wanting to know what the truth is. So it's good. definitely not a bully um and i think the whole thing hopefully it'll everything will either quiet down or smooth it out it, itself out but i just feel like that was real shallow just to kind of jump out at that time to yeah. say oh this is the first i've heard of it when if that's the case then get mad at your father who's on the board right mm-hmm. i'll tell you where, what where, yeah i agree with you yeah it's, it's... you know so it's like and we're we're old enough to understand business like i get the fans being mad and all that stuff. That's not going to change. These are kids. Some of these people are across the world and stuff. But you know what I noticed and someone mentioned to me who's a uh, counselor in high school. She was like, this, this stuff, because I posted um, where this guy was like, fuck you, you, go kill yourself now. And I was like, I laughed and I was like, man, if you were an adult, I'd have something to say, but you're a kid. I can't be like, nah, you first, and then he go kills himself. Then it's like, Kenny's an online bully.
2: Yep. Kenny
0: told this kid to go kill himself, and he did. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, I can't say shit back. Now, to an adult, I send him an address. I say, meet me at Century City Mall. If you want to smoke, I got anything you want. And I got everybody in LA that'll be there with me. So, you know what I'm saying? I'll call you out on it. If you want to be a keyboard gangster, that's fine. But all of this stuff, man, it's it's uncalled for. And it's, it's a lot of negative energy being passed around that doesn't need to be. I mean, these conversations could have been, you know, I didn't know he was buying the company. I saw it on Wall Street Journal. I really did learn the day of. And I was like, shit, congratulations. This is incredible. Yeah. Cause I love to see my friends win. I love to see, you know, everybody like my man, David Ali, who manages Kalani. Like you see a lot of these people who start off as interns. And, uh, I don't know if y'all heard of Summer Walker or, um, black like six flag, like my man, Tunde and Sean, they started a record label in Atlanta. I remember when they were interns, like I just love seeing people grow and get to a point of where, it's like, damn, okay, y'all getting money. I see your car. I see what you're doing. I, I just love it. And I hope Scooter keeps going and doesn't stop. Um, him signing Jimmy was a really great move for her, for her to get out. Like, Demi and I have been, you know, a lot of these kids I've been close with because of Justin uh, for a long time. And I've seen Jimmy grow. I've seen her go through her ups and downs, and she's an incredible human being. I'm glad she's healthy. I'm glad she's back in the studio. And, you know, I just like seeing people win, man, and smiling. That's why my smile is so beautiful. You just got to keep it going.
2: Listen, you've been,
0: you've been around for a long time.
2: I want to know your craziest Justin Bieber story. You know, during the heydays when things were crazy, what's your your story that you have to tell people that just, like, the
0: fan? I, the, what was the n- craziest yeah. Um, uh, I mean, the craziest Justin Bieber story, I, I think I call it, like, when I realized his fans were like Terminators. So when I say that in the sense that we – left a radio station in London and it was literally hundreds of people outside. We get in, you know, most of the time in London, they have those Vianos, the Mercedes uh, vans. And so we get in the van, we're coming out the garage, the cars can't go, they got six different guys pushing these little girls out of the way. And I say little, I mean, they gotta be between 12 and maybe 15, 16. We make a right turn onto whatever street that was and start trying to go. These girls are just running alongside of the van. I mean, I'm looking and I'm like, the van has to be going 30, 40 miles an hour. <laughs> and I'm still seeing girls running. Then we get stopped in traffic. He tries to make a right turn. One girl almost gets hit. The car kind of veers. And this girl jumps on the hood and kind of like slides and then just keeps running. And then another girl, you hear boom, boom. And another girl gets hit on the side cause she ran into the car, gets up, keeps running. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> And it, it, I, I was like, yo, are they bionic? Are they like that little Terminator girls? Like, what the fuck is going on? And it was just because, you know, you're scared, but you're like, oh, my God. she! Oh, damn. She just jumped up and kept running. Didn't lose her purse. One girl lost her shoe. And I'm like, yo, what, what are we doing? Uh, that, that, that's always like the, the craziest. Uh, another one was I remember we were in South America and we were going to Chile but we have found out that, because I used to have uh, advanced teams go and go to these different cities. So the advanced teams get there, and they think Justin's there. We were staying at the W, I believe it was. It was so chaotic that they ended up raiding and running into the hotel and taking over the W. So you got, now you got hundreds of kids ram- rambling through the hotel thinking we're there, and we're watching on a news feed in Argentina, I believe it was. Because we realized we couldn't fly in the day before, we were gonna have to fly in, do the show, and leave right back out. Yeah. Uh, just you know, it was just it, it was crazy. But if you looked on the video, you just saw like it looked like a worm, but it was just a drove of girls running into the lobby, into the front of this W, uh, hotel, and then the security couldn't stop it. Um, but yeah, it's and it that you know started the fandom of a lot of you know well not started because I mean we had the Beatles, we had the monkeys, we had all these different things, but. I think modern times, you hadn't really seen that since probably what, Think mm-hmm. or Backstreet Boys? I, but you never really I, saw
1: it. I don't think that, yeah, I was going to say, agreed, you didn't see it. Now you're visually seeing these videos on social media, people freaking yep. out and we never got that visual before and now you're like, damn, this kid is just unbelievable, untouchable yeah. uh, for, for quite a while and I mean, I would say I haven't really seen it since then other than maybe bts now i mean they have a, a wild fan yeah. base but I, I
0: always wondered about that because i'm like do the fans know the lyrics to the songs i i wanted the same thing i'm like <laughs> i'm like i don't
1: get
2: it but uh all right k-pop k-pop's the biggest thing right now
0: everyone's going k-pop yeah, yeah. now it's been it's been great it's crazy because k-pop on the pop side it's like Afrobeat is now starting to take over more in the urban music world. I love it. I think you know, music is a is a world is a worldly uh, uh, language that really gets to everybody. But I literally I watched BTS perform and they're great, and it's a lot of them. Then I'm like, I was like, wait a minute, that's not in English. I was like, what what? How? Okay, then I was confused. A buddy of mine is actually uh, was touring with them, uh, and I was just like, how is he? he? Was like, bro, they know it. He's like, they just make the sounds. Yeah, <laughs> if they don't know it. exactly. Yeah, so,
1: Kenny, I gotta know. So, like, what would you tell me about your transition? So, you you were working with Bieber for a couple of years. Then you decided to go out, do your own thing. I know you worked. Did you you work with Beats for a while? Spotify. Yeah. So, like, what? Why did yeah. you decide to
0: transition out? Um. So I came off the road towards the end of the Believe tour because um, touring is very grueling and it's hard to it's hard to really establish yourself if there are things else that I wanted to do. And I wanted to start working with other artists that Scooter was signing at was signing at the time. Um so in two thousand four I came off the road or excuse me, two thousand and fourteen I came off towards the end of the summer. And um then like my first project that I started doing was when he signed he signed uh Amber Riley and I put Amber Riley on Dancing with the Stars and paired it with Derek, and then she, like, won that. Mm-hmm. Um, we had still had Tori Kelly at the time. I just wanted to be able to help, you know, some of the other artists as well and whatever I could bring to the table. Um, but then I got a really good offer from Larry Jackson, who was uh, Jimmy Iovine's. Uh, he Larry was actually one of the execs at Interscope at the time. And Larry was like, hey... He had told me a year before that they were coming out with a streaming platform to where people could listen to music, curate their playlists and everything. But then a year later it was when Beats Music was launched. So I went over to Beats to be – I was the head of influencer marketing. Um, And we were just trying to build a platform. But then five months later, Apple bought them. Um, And so I left about a month after that acquisition, started my own company, um, which was focusing on, like, different marketing. So I've done a lot of different, like, social media marketing things and influencer marketing things, where whether it's with athletes, models, anything else. Um, and I was also managing. So throughout that time, when I really left Scooter, it was just – it wasn't anything bad or personal. I just wanted to be able to build my own thing because I had been a part of something great for so long, but it wasn't what I had built. And yeah. so I wanted to have equity into whatever, you know what I'm saying, something else that I wanted to do. Um, and then, you know, kind of throughout the years in this entertainment world, man, like, you know, Spotify came calling. And it was like, I kind of got to take this opportunity. But then it was like, eh, I need to be on my own and kind of build my own thing up. So to, I guess at the end of 2017, I signed one group named Ghost that I have on Atlantic Records now. Um, we got a couple of records that are coming out. And then my other artist, Timmy. I signed um, early 2018. Um, he just put a project out called Walk with Me that went number one, number one on uh, R&B iTunes charts and congrats. We've been building out. Yeah, thank you. And he's also on the TV show Power. Um, and Power, ironically, people don't realize, but Power is number two on premium cable behind Game of Thrones. Um, it's normally like Game of Thrones, Power, Shameless. Shameless, Shameless, and Power have been flipping each summer or each time that they come out ratings-wise. but So he's been very successful in his space. Um, my group Ghost is doing really well right now. And I got another girl I just signed who's in New York, and I look at her as like a... She's like a young female. Her name is Maria Lynn. Um, and she just has a really incredible voice. I compare her to like, like a female John Mayer with a Nora Jones type of vibe. Okay. If that, if that, if that kind of makes well, that's sense.
2: That's a good combo. Are yeah. you doing only yeah. music? Are you trying to go into TV? Like, what is you know, what what is your expertise per
0: se? So my expertise is music, and that's my core business: music management, my label. Um, I did produce Punk and put we put it on BET in 2015. Um, and I, ironically, I can say now I had a meeting yesterday about producing another TV show. Um, that kind of involved a lot of things that could be in my network. So I've I've always been like the guy with the asterisk. So it's like, um, because in the hospitality world, I've been a, I've been a part of H-Wood Group, um, uh, which is out here. So they own Delilah, Booty Bellows, Nice Guy, um, Poppy, and so I've been the gateway for like a lot of athletes I take care of and make sure they're good. Um, celebrities, whether if it's TV, film, uh, whatever it is, I kind of move them around a lot. Um, and so I've been known in that space for a long time, even overseas in Europe during like Cannes Film Festival and all these club pop-ups. So I, I've touched like the hospitality world, the producing world, the music world. But yeah, music is my core, but I look at myself as like, a, you know, what Scooter has really put out the blueprint for a lot of this stuff um, to be able to be versatile in many different industries. And so I look at myself as kind of in that same way Um, and there's like, I always say that there's enough out here for everybody. So, you know, whatever you can get and whatever you like, you just got to get that one thing. And once that really blows, it's easy to transition into multiple other uh, opportunities, especially in entertainment right now.
2: I would say you're, you're, you're very much a hustler. You know, you're a person who just adds value. Like you said, what Scooter does, he finds holes and says, okay, how can we fill in those holes? and you're someone who adds value to whatever it is like you're 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 an interesting guy and you have a lot of uh, good relationships with people where it's not necessarily you're you know yes you know the music industry but you could add value in different ways you know what's right. your advice to people in the industry who want to be in the industry that could add value to let's say a musical artist or a tv show what's your advice to people that are trying to get involved in the industry cuz you yourself hustled your way to get to the point you are now right you know so what's um, well, yeah
0: yeah, no, I mean, I I think the the best thing I can tell people is if one of my biggest things that it, it took me a long time to understand patience and let things develop, but if there's something that you really believe in that you think is good, if there's an artist that you think is good, because you know, like I may get sent a lot of different music throughout the day, and my, I look at my Instagram DM, I got like six different artists saying yo, I need a manager, can you listen to this? And sometimes I'll go through and listen to it, and it just just doesn't do anything for me, right? but there's somebody out there that believes in this guy or this guy or like Dax uh, brought up Billie Eilish earlier. Um, her team has been incredible. They've been building her for a couple of years now and I've been hearing about her, but it's something that they believe in and they got it to a point to where it needed to get to. Right. Um, I think you just stay consistent. You stay consistent and you don't give up on it. If it's something that you really believe in, that you know that you can add value to, you know, do whatever you can to add that value and show that, hey, I can bring this to the table or bring that to the table um, and just maintain that consistency with it because a lot of times, you know, like I said, we live in a headline-driven world. It's a microwave society where people want to just be famous after a month or two or just because I dropped the record and my friends posted it on Instagram, well, you still got to put in more work. You still got to, you know, hit the ground running. Um, And I I think the biggest thing is just being consistent.
1: Looking, looking back at your career and what you've done so far, what do you think you are most proud of?
0: Um, I'm most proud of not giving up. Uh, this business can swallow you up and spit you out, and it can really take a toll on your soul. In a sense of, especially when you work in, you know, being a manager, you're in a service industry. I actually call it professional babysitting. Um you know, outside of putting the business together or putting the music together, you know, your artist gets in trouble, or your artist does this, or... I say all talent's crazy. I don't care, they can get mad at me if they hear this. All talent is crazy, and that's how I know <laughs> if it's a star. If you're, weird, if you're weird, then I know, I'm like, oh yeah, they're gonna be a star. Um, no, but it, it's it's really not giving up. It's it's not giving up, like, uh, I use Timmy for an example. I went to four different labels last year after I got them off a 50 50- Cent's G-Unit label. Um, I went to four different labels, played them all this music, and, and everyone was like, "Oh, I don't know, you know, he's a TV star, you know, TV to music sometimes doesn't work, and like, you know, people second guess themselves, right?" I went to I went to my man Gazi who owns Empire. Empire is an indie label. They're the biggest of like the indie labels I would say, um, based in San Francisco. I played God and Tina Davis. um uh she was Chris Brown's ex-manager and now she's the head of A&R um at Empire and she's also on this new tv show the BT has coming out but she was like I love the music Kenny I love you let's let, let's do the deal and make it work I did the deal the record comes out the record goes number one and then everybody starts hitting me like oh yo that's dope that's dope that's dope I'm like yeah you know I played you these, this record six months ago right and you know it's it, 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 it's I could have gave up I could have gave up every time somebody told me that you know my friends and all these other people and I'm like man it's just not going to work but I believed it was going to work so I believed that it was going to work and I was like we got to get it to a point and to a position to where it will work and to make people believe that he's a true artist but no one asked me if this kid's been singing his whole life because he has but his first audition was for boss with Kelsey Grammer and he booked it and we all know people in Hollywood that's been auditioning for over 10 years that, you know, we'll get commercials and have minimal success. This kid went in and did one audition out of college and got his first gig. It wasn't his plan. His plan was to be an R&B star. Yeah. It's just coming out a little bit longer. So I believed in a person. I believed in myself, and I just didn't give up. So that's the one thing I can say that I'm most proud of is not giving up. And, yes, I have great relationships, but I think my work ethic is one that is unmatched. Because even when I was interning at Q100 before I got hired, I worked at T-Mobile during the day. And then I also interned for Death. There were times where I would leave the studio in Atlanta, go home and shower, drive out 30 minutes to Snellville, Georgia, to my T-Mobile store, sleep in my car for three hours, have my friend Craig knock on the window so we could open the store, and I'm working another eight and a half, nine hours. And then I would do that again and again and again. So if you want it bad enough, don't give up, and you just got to be consistent to see it happen. I like
2: I'm going to change subject a little bit but is there anything yes. that the general public doesn't know about Justin Bieber that you could fill us in I mean you've been around this guy all the time you still have a good relationship with him but is there anything that people might have a misconception of Justin or just just don't know about him that they should know about Justin Bieber as a person
0: um he loves babies <laughs> 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 I'd say that he definitely he he he's a softie when it comes to comes to little kids. Um, I don't think people realize how genuinely nice of a guy that he is, but how really sweet and awesome that his heart is. It's it's really hard to see when so much hate is thrown at you, and you really had to grow up in front of everyone's eyes, for lack of better words. Like think about it. He never went to a homecoming dance or a prom or, you know, went to a party. I mean, hell, I was in jail at 16 years old. Um, so <laughs> there's so much that he never got a chance to do. But I don't think people realize really how much of a, like, a sweet and nice guy that he is. Interesting. Do you ever feel bad for him?
2: You know, and I, and I say it just because of just how he has to live his life with the fans, the celebrity, the fame. Do you ever feel bad for him? Because you've seen it. Um, you know, you're there yeah. and you're kind of from a different perspective.
0: I used to not in a negative way, but I used to feel bad years ago because I wish he could have went to a prom and like, I wish he could have experienced things that high school kids could experience. Um, cause you guys know you guys would always cover him and it's like, he couldn't go take a shit without it being on TMZ. It felt like, right. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we adults expect people in this process. Like they don't ask to be a role model, you know, you either kind of, you can try to accept the role, but, how do you accept the role of being a role model to people when you're still trying to grow up and become a man and, and, you know, and find your own self, right? Um, so I don't feel bad for him now because he's in a good place, and I know he's, he's learning himself. I don't get to talk to him. when's the last time I talked to him? Oh, shit. Scooter's birthday dinner. Um, but outside of dinner, I would say we probably talk a, a few times a month or we'll text back and forth. But I love him for who he is because I know who his true heart is. Um, every time he talks to me, he asks how my son's doing. That's the first thing he asks. Um, so like I know he's a genuine person, so I don't I don't feel bad for him necessarily because I know like now he's becoming that man. He's 25. Um, was he 25 now? 94? Yeah, <laughs> math is off. Um, yeah, he's 25 now. So he's 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 a husband. Like he's he's learning to enjoy himself. He's learning to enjoy life and stuff. So I don't feel bad for him now, but I did when he was younger, just because I wish he could have went through some of the things that we all got a chance to experience, because he doesn't have those memories now. Yeah. Like, I got my 20-year yeah. high school reunion coming up, even though I'm like, because of Facebook, I'm like, I already talked to the motherfuckers I want to talk to, so I don't necessarily want to yeah. go to the other who want to be, be my fake friends now. Um <laughs> But... You know, but he didn't, I I just, I feel bad because he didn't get to experience that. Like, I got stories and I went to college for a little bit before I joined the military and I'm still friends with with a lot of my guys that are in the Navy and stuff. It's like, sometimes I wish people had life experiences to be able to, like, fall back on and, and reminisce about, you know, his experiences to reminisce about, which aren't bad, but it's about, you know, going to this country and being swarmed and not being able to leave the hotel. Like, people don't realize we couldn't go and, like, sightsee and we couldn't go and enjoy these places that we toured the world and yeah we saw it i saw the airport i saw the hotel i saw the venue and then i saw the airport i saw the hotel and i saw the venue (laughs) you know that like that was our lives um but yeah no man he's he's great though
1: kenny i want to uh, you know just thank you so much i know you're a very busy man and i appreciate the time that you gave us today and you know, I I think you've got such a, you've had already such a big career, but you can tell that you've got a lot more coming for you and working with some of these artists and, you know, out of, out of your knowledge of the music industry, who do you think we should really be keeping an ear out for? If even if if it's one of your artists or someone else's artists or an up and coming artist, like who do you recommend people go out and like seek out their music?
0: Well, first off, you gotta go check out Timmy. The project is called Walk With Me, and it's uh, R-O-T-I-M-I. Um, fans of Power know who it is, because he plays the character Dre on Power. Um, Power starts back August 25th. Um, outside of that, my group Ghost. Ghost is doing some really good things right now. Um, we got a record called Cut Up that's coming out. I got another single with Roddy Rich coming. Um, and who's some of my favorite people, Maria Lynn, Maria Lynn. She's a record called Drama Free. It's out right now. It's on Spotify. It's on all the streaming services. Um, check that out. And who do I really like? I, I'm going to give I give props to Scooter. Scooter has a kid named Spencer Lee, the Spencer Lee band. That dude is fucking incredible. Okay. Absolutely incredible. I know that that's coming. Obviously, Tori's got a new album coming out. Um, I'm trying to think, who else am I really like locked into right now? Is it, uh, yeah, I was going to
2: say, is it tough for a guy like Scooter now? Because like Bieber, he can't go out anywhere. And same thing for you, where people are like, yo, check out my CD. Here's my album. Listen to this. Watch this, this, this. Is it kind of ridiculous? And how do you separate it all?
0: I have my pockets of where I go. I have my, I have my pockets of where I go. And it's like when you're walking around sometimes, like even in New York. You saw me in New York and yelled at me, and I was like, oh, fuck. I got to get in the cabin. i not walking <laughs> around New York so much. But... <laughs> But what I do is just not walk around midtown because I'm more normally in, like, Chelsea when I stay over there, right? Well, I mean, not Chelsea. I'm lying, people. I'm in Brooklyn. you um, <laughs> in Jersey. You're in Camden. Yeah, I mean, yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, no, nah, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I say it up to anybody. You know, like, B T weekend was a few weeks ago, and I'm walking around with Ro Timmy, and people are like, yo, where's Justin? And I'm like, yo, here's Ro Timmy. <laughs> you know <laughs> um because we, we performed on the red carpet before the awards started a lot of people in the urban music space know who Ro timmy is um i'm trying to you know really cross him over into the pop world more and more um so that single love rhythm y'all make sure you go check that out back you got to play it into the end of the podcast all man. Right, it's a very all right. good loving song um yeah i just got my pockets out i'm like i don't i go to certain places and i know like all right if i go here. You know, I try not to be out like that, but that's why I'm in Bootsy or Poppy. And, and in New York, I go to Oak or Avenue or somewhere because you got to get past the door, guys. You know, so it's like a lot of these places, you don't run into some of the quote unquote crazies or the aggressive types um, just because of where you go. Well, thank you <laughs> again. And that kind of that kind of goes back real quick, too, though. I'm sorry, Dax, but that yeah. goes back to like when people say, oh, why are you at Delilah? Delilah's not a club. It's a restaurant. And I always see, like, oh, they were at Club Delilah. I'm like, Delilah's not a fucking club. It's a <laughs> restaurant, lounge type of thing. You go eat, you go have drinks and chill, but it's not a nightclub. So people go there because where else is, you know, Kendall and Kylie supposed to go hang out and fucking catch you and everybody can just walk in and run up to their table? Like, come on. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So you have to go to these type of places where you can feel secure. They got security. And not everybody is allowed to just walk in.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you again so much, buddy. I really, really do appreciate you taking the time. I know you're crazy busy and traveling the world and doing your thing. So thank you for stopping by. And uh, obviously people can find you on social media at Kenny Hamilton and follow your career and your artists and all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, and tell all the trolls on my Instagram that I actually do work. I keep getting, who oh, the fuck is this guy? I'm like, hey, man, I'm just a father trying to be great. That's all. <laughs> That's all.
1: Awesome. <laughs> thank, thank you, Kenny. All right, to you have a good one.